Part 1, Chapter 2, Section 21 of The Life of Jesus Critically Examined by David Friedrich Strauss, translated by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 1, History of the Birth and Childhood of Jesus. Chapter 2, Davidical Descent of Jesus, According to the Genealogical Tables of Matthew and Luke. Section 21, Comparison of the Two Genealogies, Attempt to Reconcile Their Contradictions. If we compare the genealogies of Matthew and Luke together, we become aware of still more striking discrepancies. Some of these differences indeed are unimportant, as the opposite direction of the two tables, the line of Matthew descending from Abraham to Jesus, that of Luke ascending from Jesus to his ancestors. Also the greater extent of the line of Luke, Matthew deriving it no farther than from Abraham while Luke, perhaps lengthening some existing document in order to make it more consonant with the universalism of the doctrines of Paul, carries it back to Adam and to God himself. More important is the considerable difference in the number of generations for equal periods, Luke having 41 between David and Jesus, whilst Matthew has only 26. The main difficulty, however, lies in this, that in some parts of the genealogy, in Luke, totally different individuals are made the ancestors of Jesus than from those in Matthew. It is true, both writers agree in deriving the lineage of Jesus through Joseph from David and Abraham, and that the names of the individual members of the series correspond from Abraham to David, as well as two of the names in the subsequent portion those of Salatiel and Zerubbabel. But the difficulty becomes desperate when we find that, with these two exceptions about midway, the whole of the names from David to the foster father of Jesus are totally different in Matthew and in Luke. In Matthew, the father of Joseph is called Jacob. In Luke, Heli. In Matthew, the son of David, through whom Joseph descended from that king, is Solomon in Luke, Nathan, and so on. The line descends in Matthew through the race of known kings, in Luke through an unknown collateral branch, coinciding only with respect to Salatiel and Zerubbabel, whilst they still differ in the names of the father of Salatiel and the son of Zerubbabel. Since this difference appears to offer a complete contradiction, the most industrious efforts have been made at all times to reconcile the two. Passing in silence explanations evidently unsatisfactory, such as a mystical signification or an arbitrary change of names, we shall consider two pairs of hypotheses which have been most conspicuous and are mutually supported, or at least bear affinity to one another. The first pair is formed upon the presupposition of Augustine, that Joseph was an adopted son, and that one evangelist gave the name of his real, the other that of his adopted father. And the opinion of the old chronologist Julius Africanus, that a Levirate marriage had taken place between the parents of Joseph, and that the one genealogy belonged to the natural, the other to the legal father of Joseph, by the one of whom he was descended from David through Solomon, by the other through Nathan, the farther question, to which father do the respective genealogies belong, is open to two species of criticism. 
the one founded upon literal expressions, the other upon the spirit and character of each gospel, and which lead to opposite conclusions. Augustine, as well as Africanus, has observed that Matthew makes use of an expression in describing the relationship between Joseph and his so-called father, which more definitely points out the natural filial relationship than that of Luke. For the former says, Jacob egenesi ton Joseph, whilst the expression of the latter, Joseph to Eli, appears equally applicable to a son by adoption or by virtue of a Levirate marriage. But since the very object of a Levirate marriage was to maintain the name and race of a deceased childless brother, it was the Jewish custom to inscribe the firstborn son of such a marriage not on the family register of his natural father, as Matthew has done here, but on that of his legal father, as Luke has done on the above supposition. Now that a person so entirely imbued with Jewish opinions as the author of the first gospel should have made a mistake of this kind cannot be held probable. Accordingly, Schleiermacher and others conceive themselves bound by the spirit of the two gospels to admit that Matthew, in spite of his agenesi, must have given the lineage of the legal father according to Jewish custom, whilst Luke, who perhaps was not born a Jew, and was less familiar with Jewish habits, might have fallen upon the genealogy of the younger brothers of Joseph, who were not, like the firstborn, inscribed amongst the family of the deceased legal father, but with that of their natural father, and might have taken this for the genealogical table of the firstborn, Joseph, whilst it really belonged to him only by natural descent, to which Jewish genealogists paid no regard. But, besides the fact, which we shall show hereafter, that the genealogy of Luke can with difficulty be proved to be the work of the author of that gospel, in which case the little acquaintance of Luke with Jewish customs ceases to afford any clue to the meaning of his genealogy. It is also to be objected that the genealogist of the first gospel could not have written his agenesi thus without any addition if he was thinking of a mere legal paternity. Wherefore, these two views of the genealogical relationships are equally difficult. However, this hypothesis, which we have hitherto considered only in general, requires a more detailed examination in order to judge of its admissibility. In considering the proposition of a Levirate marriage, the argument is essentially the same if, with Augustine and Africanus, we ascribe the naming of the natural father to Matthew, or with Schleiermacher to Luke. As an example, we shall adopt the former statement, the rather because Eusebius, according to Africanus, has left us a minute account of it. According to this representation, then, the mother of Joseph was first married to that person whom Luke calls the father of Joseph, namely Heli. But since Heli died without children, by virtue of the Levirate law, his brother, called by Matthew Jacob, the father of Joseph, married the widow, and by her begot Joseph, who was legally regarded as the son of the deceased Heli, and so described by Luke, whilst naturally he was the son of his brother Jacob, and thus described by Matthew. But merely thus far, the hypothesis is by no means adequate. 
for if the two fathers of joseph were real brothers sons of the same father they had one and the same lineage and the two genealogies would have differed only in the father of joseph all the preceding portion being in agreement in order to explain how the discordancy extends so far back as to david we must have recourse to the second proposition of africanus that the fathers of joseph were only half-brothers having the same mother but not the same father we must also suppose that this mother of the two fathers of joseph had twice married once with the mathan of matthew who was descended from david through solomon and the line of kings and to whom she bore jacob and also either before or after with the mathat of luke the offspring of which marriage was heli which heli having married and died childless his half-brother jacob married his widow and begot for the deceased his legal child joseph this hypothesis of so complicated a marriage in two successive generations to which we are forced by the discrepancy of the two genealogies must be acknowledged to be in no way impossible but still highly improbable and the difficulty is doubled by the untoward agreement already noticed which occurs midway in the discordant series in the two members salatiel and zorobabel for to explain how neri in luke and jeconias in matthew are both called the father of salatiel who was the father of zorobabel not only must the supposition of a levirate marriage be repeated but also that the two brothers who successively married the same wife were brothers only on the mother's side the difficulty is not diminished by the remark that any nearest blood relation not only a brother might succeed in a levirate marriage that is to say though not obligatory it was at least open to his choice as in ruth chapter three verse twelve and following and chapter four verse four and following for since even in the case of two cousins the concurrence of the two branches must take place much earlier than here for jacob and eli and for jeconias and neri we are still obliged to have recourse to the hypothesis of half-brothers the only amelioration in this hypothesis over the other being that these two very peculiar marriages do not take place in immediately consecutive generations now that this extraordinary double incident should not only have been twice repeated but that the genealogists should twice have made the same selection in their statements respecting the natural and the legal father and without any explanation is so improbable that even the hypothesis of an adoption which is burdened with only one half of these difficulties has still more than it can bear for in the case of adoption since no fraternal or other relationship is required between the natural and adopting fathers the recurrence to a twice repeated half-brotherhood is dispensed with leaving only the necessity for twice supposing a relationship by adoption and twice the peculiar circumstance that the one genealogist from want of acquaintance with jewish customs was ignorant of the fact and the other although he took account of it was silent respecting it it has been thought by later critics 
that the knot may be loosed in a much easier way by supposing that in one gospel we have the genealogy of joseph and in the other that of mary in which case there would be no contradiction in the disagreement to which they are pleased to add the assumption that mary was an heiress the opinion that mary was of the race of david as well as joseph has been long held following indeed the idea that the messiah as a second melchizedek ought to unite in his person the priestly with the kingly dignity and guided by the relationship of mary with elizabeth who was a daughter of aaron from luke chapter one verse thirty six already in early times it was not only held by many that the races of judah and levi were blended in the family of joseph but also the opinion was not rare that jesus deriving his royal lineage from joseph descended also from the priestly race through mary the opinion of mary's descent from david soon however became the more prevailing many apocryphal writers clearly state this opinion as well as justin martyr whose expression that the virgin was of the race of david jacob isaac and abraham may be considered an indication that he applied to mary one of our genealogies which are both traced back to abraham through david on inquiring which of these two genealogies is to be held that of mary we are stopped by an apparently insurmountable obstacle since each is distinctly announced as the genealogy of joseph the one in the words jacob egenesi ton iosef the other by the phrase uios iosef tu eli here also however the egenesi of matthew is more definite than the tu of luke which according to those interpreters may mean just as well a son-in-law or grandson so that the genitive of luke in chapter three verse twenty three was either intended to express that jesus was in common estimation a son of joseph who was the son-in-law of heli the father of mary or else that jesus was as was believed a son of joseph and through mary a grandson of heli as it may here be objected that the jews in their genealogies were accustomed to take no account of the female line a farther hypothesis is had recourse to namely that mary was an heiress i e the daughter of a father without sons and that in this case according to numbers chapter thirty six verse six and nehemiah chapter seven verse sixty three jewish custom required that the person who married her should not only be of the same race with herself but that he should henceforth sink his own family in hers and take her ancestors as his own but the first point only is proved by the reference to numbers the passage in nehemiah compared with several similar ones ezra chapter two verse sixty one numbers chapter thirty two verse forty one compare with first chronicles chapter two verse twenty one and following shows only that sometimes by way of exception a man took the name of his maternal ancestors this difficulty with regard to jewish customs however is cast into shade by one much more important although undeniably the genitive case used by luke expressing simply derivation in a general sense may signify any degree of relationship and consequently that of son-in-law or grandson yet this interpretation destroys the consistency of the whole passage 
in the thirty-four preceding members which are all well known to us from the old testament this genitive demonstrably indicates throughout the precise relationship of a son likewise when it occurs between salatiel and zerubbabel how could it be intended in the one instance of joseph to indicate that of son-in-law or according to the other interpretation supposing the nominative oios to govern the whole series how can we suppose it to change its signification from son to grandson great-grandson and so on to the end if it be said the phrase adam to theu is a proof that the genitive does not necessarily indicate a son in the proper sense of the word we may reply that it bears a signification with regard to the immediate author of existence equally inapplicable to either father-in-law or grandfather a further difficulty is encountered by this explanation of the two genealogies in common with the former one in the concurrence of the two names of salatiel and zerubbabel the supposition of a levirate marriage is as applicable to this explanation as the other but the interpreters we are now examining prefer for the most part to suppose that these similar names in the different genealogies belong to different persons when luke however in the twenty-first and twenty-second generations from david gives the very same names that matthew including the four omitted generations gives in the nineteenth and twentieth one of these names being of great notoriety it is certainly impossible to doubt that they refer to the same persons moreover in no other part of the new testament is there any trace to be found of the davidical descent of mary on the contrary some passages are directly opposed to it in luke chapter one verse twenty seven the expression ex oiku david refers only to the immediately preceding andri o onome iosef not to the more remote parthenon memnes ten menen and more pointed still is the turn of the sentence luke chapter two verse four aneba de kai iosef dia to enai auton ex oiku kai patrias david apograpsiasthai un maria etc where autus might so easily have been written instead of auton if the author had any thought of including mary in the descent from david these expressions fill to overflowing the measure of proof already adduced that it is impossible to apply the genealogy of the third evangelist to mary End of section twenty one